1: Welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm a licensed clinical social worker practicing as an intuitive psychotherapist. I'm also certified as a Reiki practitioner and certified in EMDR. I think today's show is really important with the guests that I'm going to be bringing on in just a a minute or so. It's such a powerful time of change in our country. And some are feeling really enthusiastic, hopeful, excited about the change happening in the presidential administration with Donald Trump becoming president. And some of us are processing a grief reaction and what mental health professionals are calling post-traumatic election distress. I'm going to speak with my guest about this topic. And if you are experiencing this sense of loss, fear, anger, and, and wondering how this could have happened, also known as bargaining, I think it's important to remember that you're in a cycle of grief, as articulated by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and her work that originally had to do with death and dying and is extended to grief and loss in general. And I think those of us that, you know, were expectant of Hillary Clinton to become president and then seeing that not happen, you know, we've been thrown temporarily into a position of being destabilized. And I think it's really important once we grieve to regain a sense of our own personal power within our sphere of influence and and I think some of the good things that can come from this change and these shifts in the presidential administration for everyone is maybe it's time for us to take some new risks that might entail starting a blog or some other platform to share your ideas and move things forward. I think that we are only as helpless as long as we allow ourselves to be. There is healing available. There is potentiality in all realms for us to just move beyond what we feel, regardless of what we've experienced. And grieving is such an important piece of this and those parts that have to do with grieving. So I think, you know, once once we've all done enough of that to stand up, pick ourselves up and, and start talking, writing, meeting about what's important to us what's important to you and to begin to ask yourselves those questions because i do think that good can come i foresee a lot of personal and collective awakenings that have already started and just being birthed out of Mr. Trump becoming president. So I'd like to continue this dialogue by bringing my guest on. I am with Jamie Lerner. She's an MSW from Loyola University in Chicago, and she is an intuitive therapist who utilizes integrative therapy techniques to help her clients change their storylines and explore the contrast in their experiences to shift powerful feelings related to loss disappointments, etc., by viewing them as misalignments that can be corrected. She's also co-author of the book, The Ever-Loving Essence of You. So we have a lot to talk about. Welcome, Jamie.
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. And I do think that people are in this moment a bit stuck. Mm-hmm. And um, it really can only be a moment if we allow it to be. And I also see this as a extraordinary time of contrast and um, amazing opportunity. So um, this is, um, I think, has taken a lot of people's breath away yeah. and um, I, I paralyzed a lot of people. Um, and I also believe that um, once we do catch our breath, there are many ways that um, we can assist ourselves in moving forward and becoming proactive in whatever it is that is uh, going to be next for us all, for the entire country.
1: I agree. So, um, how do you um, help? I, how do you help people in this process? And where do you want to start? I mean, you have so many things to offer today to our listeners. So, well, I'd
0: like to start by sharing just personally what I experienced myself, because yeah. even as practiced as I am in what I do and how I live and what I teach, um, for a moment I was stuck as well and what I realized was that it was so important for me to just sit with myself turn off the television shut down all the media and really kind of reconnect with um me where Mm -hmm. there was and is tremendous well-being and um and once I was able to to do that it, it it was easier than to um Kind of get
1: my balance back. How did you? So, how did you do that and find that? I know you're an MSW, like I am, which to our listeners is a master's in social work. How yes. did your journey lead you to this work?
0: I mean, how did I become a psych, become involved in this field?
1: Yeah, I'm curious. Now that you just brought oh, that up, okay. that you had to okay. personally, you know, personally come through some challenges. I, I, I'm thinking. Okay.
0: Um, Well, I was pretty clear who I was at a very early age. And it's interesting because I think we all are. And then through just life, we kind of um, lose sight of who we truly are. Um, However, I was very rebellious and so clear (laughs) with who I was that I was way ahead of my time. And um, in the process of being way ahead of my time, Um, I, you know, pushed against everything and everyone, (laughs) fortunately, I, I grew up in a family that was very allowing, which was very helpful, um, because I grew up in a family where we were really encouraged to be exactly who we were. Oh, wow. Um, My, yes, it was quite an opportunity and there was also a struggle there for me because it's connected. As I was to myself, I was not connected to my own mother. So Mm -hmm. this became, for half my life, a way of trying to figure out how could I be so connected to me and not connected to the very person that brought me into this world that I wanted all this love and affection and approval from. So that's really where my you know, work began and um, led me up to uh, writing the book that I did, which is The Ever Loving Essence of You, which is mm-hmm. an interesting book about creating and reconnect I'm sorry, creating and recreating the connected relationships that we have with ourselves. Okay. So and 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 I think doing that uh, yesterday was so helpful for me to reconnect with me instead of being so lost in the shuffle of the media yeah. and just, you know, the outcome of the election. And and I think that once we remember, you know, who we are and can kind of reconnect back with who we are, that there is a calm and a balance that we can create. And then from that point, start to evaluate, you know, exactly it is how we're feeling.
1: So, yeah. um, you know, hearing hearing that you were raised in a family that was very allowing and and it sounds like you were encouraged to develop a sense of yourself and then have that validated, would that be accurate?
0: I don't I think it was validated because they never interfered. They always encouraged us to do that. However, I I never got the approval for it. So there was a kind of a disconnect there. Mm-hmm. It was like It was so allowing. It was like... (laughs) Permissive?
1: Would permissive be... It was very permissive. It was very
0: permissive. Um, Yes, it was. And so I really learned at a very early age to navigate from the inside out, which is uh, what I constantly am encouraging people to do, people that I work with. Um, How can we get back to, you know, the connection with ourselves and from the inside out, navigate
1: through this, all this contrast. Yes, and um, I noticed that I think, in your work. Go on, and then I'll say.
0: Oh, no, I'm just, when we are able to do that, I think that um, we are so good at, um, you know, feeling our way through what resonates with us and having some clarity and just knowing that we are the creators of our own amazing lives.
1: Yeah. You know, hearing what you're saying, um, I have several different thoughts going on. I know in your work, you know, you speak a lot about being in a state of allowing of oneself. And I think kind of a precursor to that would be knowing oneself. And for those of us, and I use myself often as an instrument. I think that we're all instruments to, to self-direct. And I've had to learn to identify even um, what I want to allow or what is going on inside to to take that next step. So I wonder how do you help your clients that might not have such a clear sense of themselves in this moment to, to get there to learn those things about themselves so they can't allow. Well, I think the
0: thing that is so important to understand is that we cannot really change what is happening, but we can always change how we feel about what is happening. And I Mm -hmm. think that's really where all our power lies. And to take a situation and to be able to reframe it in such a way that allows us to feel good about whatever it is that's happening. So um, that process, um, first of all, it makes us feel powerful. Second of all, it, it puts us at ease so that we're not needing to defend against anything. So we're in a very relaxed state, understanding that is present is present. Maybe it's not the person that we chose. However, we get to choose how we're going to feel about that. Now, either we can jump on that bandwagon of hate and divisiveness and mm-hmm. become the very thing that maybe we're not happy with, or we can take a totally different stance. We can say something like, you know, this is so important that I remain connected to myself in a state of love that I allow other people, that I become more inclusive, that I take some personal responsibility for how I am going to feel about this whole process and then how I'm going to extend that feeling to others around me. And when we can do that, that feels so much better. And we do have control.
1: It does. Is, is there an example that stands out to you in your work Or any other place about this changing of your storyline and and reframing what's happened, for example, to allow ourselves to feel better?
0: Well, I mean, just even the election, you know, you can choose to see this as something that has happened to you. Or you can choose to see this as this wonderful opportunity for how you want to change and be more proactive and going forward, which is what you talked about you know, when you first opened your show, it's Mm -hmm. true. This is such a wonderful opportunity for us to become instruments of the change that we want to see. So um, this whole storyline can be changed. The other really interesting thing that was helpful for me yesterday was to hear Hillary Clinton's concession speech. I thought Mm -hmm. it was the cornerstone of hope it reminded us of democracy. It reminded us of who we are as an American people. And it was very helpful to also hear her say that the president-elect deserves an open mind. Yes. He deserves for us to give him the opportunity to serve as he states all of us. And I really heard that and took a breath and
1: mm-hmm. thought,
0: yes, you know, that was helpful for me. So um, I think there is some, there's a lot of wonderful information in the media right now that is covering this post-election. And for us to trust ourselves enough to know to navigate towards that positive message and to be open enough to take it in and to allow the entire story to unfold without us pushing against it and making anyone else wrong, which I believe is the whole foundation of allowing. We don't need to make anybody else wrong for us to feel right because when we're clear about who we are and where we are, we don't really care what anyone else says or does. We can allow them to take the position that they take and we're not threatened because we're clear. And, and so the state, state of allowing, allows us to unconditionally connect with everybody in the most loveliest of ways.
1: Yeah, I think it takes a lot of maturity to do that, to really be in one's higher self to be able to to see above the circumstance from a from a higher perspective. How do you help your clients shift those feelings? The the challenge, the depression, the contrast as I know you state in your work.
0: A lot of it is language, I know, and I think that once we unpack the language and stop using words like depression and grief and things like Mm. that, and maybe just label it as contrast, um, what is contrast? It is just something other than what we're wanting. Yeah. It kind of opens the door to have other kinds of conversations that feel better, because when we're in an allowing state, the whole reason to be allowing is because it feels better to us. That's the it whole does. reason. Pretty much, to do does. everything
1: mm-hmm. and when forgiveness too to
0: practice. It, exactly, we forgive for ourselves because it's really not for another. So when people get hooked into how good that feels for themselves, I think that's when the shift occurs. They take a deep breath. They understand that this is really about them, for them. But as they get into that state of allowing, they're able to extend themselves in so many wonderful ways this unconditionally loving ways that the communication that they have with others is just, it, it, it feels good. It really it, feels good. It feels good.
1: <laughs> it does. And I think it's once you kind of take the steps down this path, which might at first feel intuitively uh, opposite, you know, to to forgive those that hurt you, for example, or even forgive yourself for maybe even hurting yourself and what you did or didn't do in a situation or a relationship, I think to just, to trust. So I wonder how, how do you help your clients? Do they often come to you really open to this perspective or is there a little resistance you might have to help them with to, to buy into so, and believe and trust?
0: I think that a lot of people don't understand that they don't necessarily need to spend a lot of time looking backwards to move mm-hmm. forward. And and once they hear that um, I think that they feel better because if you can look at what happened in the past from your now perspective, it's very different. You're able to really sidestep a lot of the emotional components of it. Because what happened then, as we look at it in our now, it's a very different storyline. And so once people understand that, I think they're more open to Asking themselves, what is it that I'm wanting for myself right now? Instead of looking back, is an excuse to not be able to move forward, which a lot of people do. And I think that they need permission. People need permission to ask themselves, what do I want for myself in my now, right this moment, having nothing to do with where I was even 10 minutes ago? So that creates a wonderful opening for people to start looking ahead without necessarily looking back. Now, if you're going to look back, that's great. But to look back from right now, it feels really different. So I think that it's uh, just a different way of looking at things in general. And once people begin to get a sense that, you know, this is even a possibility, it becomes really fun for them because it's not hard necessarily. It it lightens the load, I think, in many ways. Um, There isn't dread, a sense of dread or a sense of, um, you know, that this is going to be difficult and take a long time. And I also encourage people to laugh a lot. I mean, I'm always laughing. (laughs) <laughs> Every moment that I catch myself, you know, in a moment of disconnect, I laugh and it hooks me back up with me, which is a wonderful way for us to reconnect back up with ourselves is a laughter. You know, when we start to tune into our, you know, self-talk and yeah. we hear ourselves speaking to ourselves in a negative way and catch ourselves and laugh about it, because it's, in some ways it's pretty funny if you isolate some of the content. It has nothing to do with who we are now. A lot of it is old messages that we've just practiced ourselves into believing. What is a belief? It's just a thought we've practiced over and over again.
1: A repetitive thought.
0: Yeah, and most of the time it's not even a conscious thought. And 99% of the time it's not even true. So um, I think that there's a way to really move forward and make it very fun for people in doing so. And that's what my work is based on um, with people, uh, to make it really joyful and fun and to allow people to trust themselves. You know, I think that we are our greatest resource.
1: We We are. We
0: don't even know. We don't even consider it. You know, we're always looking outside of ourselves. I don't believe there's a whole lot out there. I think there's divine guidance but that is allowing ourselves to receive and we have to be open to that receiving and then we have to trust it. So, um, you know, I think our intuitions are right on all the time.
1: So it's interesting that you bring up the art of allowing versus the, the art of receiving, because I think they, they are two slightly different things and, we can allow ourselves, I think, to be open and receptive, but then to actually take in the good. I, I find that some of the greatest good that I've even wanted, when it really comes in, it could feel so different than what the, the old pattern or the norm has been, that there's an, an almost like a flinching resistance to it until, you know, I allow myself to receive. So have you found that in your work as well
0: yeah. as people so start to shift about- and grow? Yeah, so it's about closing that gap. So usually when we're disconnected from ourselves, when we're feeling anything other than well, there's a disconnect there. And so how can we close the gap from where we are and who we are? Because that's the space that you're feeling. That's that uncomfortable moment. Because Mm -hmm. really who we are is this light, this love, this unconditional, amazing source and of receiving that's who we are and when we're in that space I believe that that's where our relationship with ourselves is the strongest the most loveliest the connections that we have with other people it's clear it's easy it's fun I mean that's hopefully the way that we can navigate all relationships and just the awareness that it's possible I mean, even if you have five minutes of that a day, then you have 10 minutes, and then you have 15 minutes, and then you get really hooked because you start to feel the difference between feeling good and not feeling good. And when you feel good, it's pretty amazing. And And learning to be able to shift into that in just a moment, that is where all our power lies.
1: And so I think this week is just a particularly poignant time to be talking about this because for myself included, you know, I've had clients come in, friends call, just really distraught this week because of the election results and feeling a deep sense of betrayal, you know, by their communities, by the country and the unexpectedness of the election result and uh really grappling. You know, and I'm sure as you see, when people come in, you know, they are often in a lot of pain, you know, tears Anger, just a flooding of emotion. And so, containment, I think, is such a, an important first step. So, when helping clients contain, and even this week, people really feeling down. I even woke up, you know, feeling some depression the morning after the election and shock and disbelief. And, and fortunately, I have a lot of knowledge to be able to go to the internet, you know, and start Googling some things. Like, I thought of Elizabeth Kugler Ross immediately and her work and knowing that I'm in, you know, one of the stages of grief management and processing, you know, feeling some despair and, and just, so it's helpful that, you know, I have all these resources at my disposal, but for those listeners that right now might not be quite through the, the kind of initial shock of, of what's happened, you know, can you help them with some containment techniques or grounding or like when your clients come in and are very upset?
0: Well, this is, I think, what is the most important piece of this conversation. I believe it's a choice. And so, yes, can we allow ourselves to be depressed and to be upset and to be disappointed? Yes. But I think we must take personal responsibility for that choice. We must say, I am choosing to feel this way instead of feeling like we are a victim to any of it. I think Mm -hmm. therein lies the danger. So, yes. Allow yourself to feel what you're feeling, but know that you're choosing how you're feeling and how long you're going to stay there, because that will be a personal choice. And then to make another choice when you are done with that, when that feels complete to you, or you've just had enough, to reach for thoughts that feel better, to reach for resources that feel better, to reach for media that feels better, to reach for things that will allow you to soothe yourself, to nourish yourself, and to nurture yourself back into the connected state of well being that is our birthright. So yeah. it is voice every step of the way. And when people understand that they are choosing and not a victim to anything, Therein lies the power of feeling better almost immediately. So there are moments when you'll want to stay stuck and there's nothing wrong with it, but just acknowledge that you're choosing. And there are other moments that you like to get unstuck. And then there are ways, there are tools to move out of that. You know, some people have a higher tolerance for being stuck than other people. I have a very low tolerance for being (laughs) stuck. I have practiced myself into, I do not feel bad for very long. I can reframe things very quickly for myself so that I feel better. And then I can start to see the opening of light ahead. Yes, And that takes practice, but it's very possible to do that.
1: It does take practice. And, and I think it's important important for listeners to know what some of those uh, tools are. and in, in my work, I use a lot of journaling with my clients and a lot of what I've learned to implement in my professional practice, I have done as an individual in my own healing work at some moments in my life, dragging myself through, you know, to get to a better place. So I think it's important for listeners to know that we've also done the work and so to offer up I think journaling. I've had some clients this week. I've said, you know, that are really stuck in and feeling betrayed, and the betrayal around the election has tied into other betrayals in their life. So it's it's brought up work for us to do to write about, write to that part of yourself, you know, that needs support, that needs something you're not getting right now, because we tend to look at it from the outside, wanting from the outside of ourselves, like you mentioned a few moments ago, and how to give to ourselves, from ourselves in the self-soothing techniques and practices like meditation, which is an important piece in my life of self-care, walking, exercise, listening to meditations. You know, as I'm doing the dishes, if I'm not able to formally sit and meditate, do you have some other techniques to offer our listeners that might help with that initial? If you
0: you have animals, pet your animals. That is just an immediate release you know, that is immediate connection, you know, to, to distract yourself um, in, from whatever this political conversation is that you're having with yourself and other people to really distract yourself from it instead of continuing to have it over and over and over again. Because I do not believe that perpetuating uh, this conversation is in any way going to be soothing unless you can use it as a platform to create a different tone a different kind of conversation, a more positive, the other side of it. Um, and that is available. I think people get so locked into one media source, and you have to know about things like NPR. It's very neutral. It's very non-emotional. It's very informational. Um, that is a helpful way of kind of shifting out of, you know, the rut if you're feeling like you're in a rest. But, you know, to really go back to self-care and nourishing yourself and nurturing yourself, it's very important because until we do that for ourselves, we really cannot be there for other people. Right. We cannot be there for our fam- families. We cannot be there for, you know, our coworkers. We are really not able to be, um, you know, in, in any a good feeling place for anyone until we can create it within ourselves. So in many ways, we have that responsibility, especially if we're parents, you know, or we're, you know, uh, whoever we are, you know, if we live with other people. So we have that responsibility to care for ourselves first so that we can care for others.
1: And I think to model how we're going to come through this, how we're going to cope with this and and change. You know, are we going to be a model of someone who grieves the loss and then does something proactive to help others? Or are we gonna be one to, to bring everyone down with our negativity and anger, for example? So I, I think it's such an important time to really be aware of what your motivations are to our listeners. You know, what is motivating you right now and and Getting a handle on that and bringing the right tool to that emotion. If you are overly angry, what do you need to do to really expel that in a way that's not going to hurt others or yourself so that you can get back to the business of living and and making things better in your sphere of influence?
0: Yeah, and I think that's true. Or to to consciously choose to never get over it and just to stay right there. And that's a choice, too.
1: Well, that is an option. There
0: is a lot of power. Yes, and that's totally fine. And then to not judge others for the choices that they make. Because the choices that we individually make are really about ourselves. And we really have no right to judge another for the choices that they make. That's part of this whole allowing and unconditionally loving and ways that we really need to come together as, a, as an entire nation. You know, there are people there are so many differences. I mean, that's the beauty of America. Everyone gets to do it their own way and the clearer you are about what you're doing, truly the less interested you are in what others are doing. It, it, it really is an amazing process. How you just, you can be sitting with a friend who you is doing something completely in opposition with however you would personally feel about everything and when you're so clear about where you are within yourself, it's all okay for you. You know, you can really sit there without judgment. You can be open. You can have compassion. You can have love, and you can allow that person to just be where they are.
1: Yes, I'd like to talk and that more about this. Really good. It it does it does, Jamie. And I'd like to talk more about this judgment piece that you brought up because, you know, it's it's pretty effortless to feel, you know, uh. Not non judgmental when things are going well, we're in alignment, life is in alignment with what we want, but then something comes into our experience that is not what we want, is unexpected, and we start judging it, judging others. This week in particular, a good example, you know, judging others for how they voted, knowing that we are a democratic society and the process worked, the people spoke and elected this candidate that, you know, some of us are having judgments about how, how can you help, you know, help us with the judgments we're having right now going on?
0: Well, I think that uh, to immediately understand that anytime we are judging another, it is clear. We are not connected with ourselves. That's it. It's never okay. about another. So then it's a choice. What do we want to do about that? But first to understand that whatever it is our perception is of another, if we're judging, it is a reflection of us, of our relationship with ourselves that is disconnected. In our connected state, we would never judge another person because there's no reason to. So to begin to see ourselves um, first as a reflection of others, I think is very helpful. Every single person that we interface with is a, a, a wonderful instrument for us it reflects very clearly back to us how we're feeling about ourselves and it usually is. how we're feeling about ourselves is how we're feeling about others if right. we are feeling good about what we've done for ourselves with ourselves we feel that whatever someone else has done for themselves with themselves is perfectly fine We do not have a point to view about it. We don't need to make others wrong for us to be right. However, it starts with us. It's about creating alignment with our thoughts, with our feelings, taking personal responsibility every step of the way. And that's hard for people. A lot of people are not interested in personal responsibility. And you know what? I get it. And it's a choice. Yes. It's a choice. Which, which is also fine, you know, I have all kinds of people in my life. I have people in my life that are very connected and I have lots of people in my life that are very disconnected and I love everyone. And I get to choose for myself every moment how I want to have a relationship with myself and others and so do they
1: so when i heard you speak about that when we're in a place of judgment we are disconnected from ourselves i think one of the indicators that that's happening and again i'm going to use myself cuz no one else is on the show but you and i and and we're our <laughs> own best yes. instrument so i self disclose you know in this format just to be an example for listeners so they can relate to what you know what we're saying that when i start judging someone for example for possibly who they voted for or what they have done or not done, I start to dehumanize them. And I know I'm disconnected because for us to think mean things about other people, hateful things about other people, hurtful things about other people, we are disconnected from, you know, that person is a human just like we are. And I notice that I'm being harsh with myself also. So just little, I want listeners yeah. really today to yeah. leave with a sense of what can you do when the show yeah. is over to help yourself. Yeah. And I think when you find yourself in that place of judgment, you're looking at someone not as a human, but as like an object. And that's so scary yeah. and so dangerous because of what can come well, from that. It, disconnect. Doesn't,
0: it doesn't feel good. It really doesn't feel good. And so once again, it's about closing the gap if you choose to between where you are and who you are, because who you are is not a person who is judgmental. Who you are is a person of love. That's who we all are. At the core. So at the spiritual essence. Yes. That's our birthright. Well-being. That is our birthright. So, you know, so, for people just to understand when they're in judgment, where they are, even if they do nothing about it, I think that that is, you know, tremendously helpful. Although, and, you once know, you see where you where you are, you tend to want to do
1: something about it, which is also fine too. It is, and you. So anyway, just we brought up the spiritual piece of at our core we are love, etc. And and I have a lot of you know friends that are that are intellects that are, you know, it's hard for them to to buy into the, the spiritual piece of love. And so for listeners that might, you know, to, I think it's important to attach in any way to your relatedness with humanity. And it might not be through a spirituality. It might be through nature. It might be through a common interest or shared interest. So I just want to be sure to include, you know, those in our dialogue, because there's so many different perspectives to, I think, do this work.
0: Yes, I think that's absolutely true. I think that's true. Although every single human being on the planet knows the difference between feeling good and not feeling good.
1: Yes. Whatever that means
0: for you. So if you just Mm -hmm. use that as your instrument for measuring where you are, I think it's really helpful. And that's a way of tuning in. You know, stop tuning out, tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in. Stop looking at what other people are doing. Who cares what other people are doing? It's really none of our business. At the end of the day, it is not our business what other people are doing. It is our business what we are doing. And words do not teach. Words do not teach. We need to walk our talk and to become a living, breathing example of everything that is possible. That is a, a powerful
1: way to lead. That's a and so I'm hearing way. it is to live. So this is your mission. I'm, way I'm hearing in, in some ways. <laughs> well,
0: I, you know, I don't think I have a mission. I, I okay. don't consider myself an expert at anything. I Can don't you talk have about that? Are you write about that. Yeah. I just don't. I just, I think that we're all experts. I think that any of us can write a book. I think that we're all intuitive knowers. I think that we are, it's just, we're, you know, we have infinite intelligence available to all of us. And so I just see myself as one of the many people that is choosing to tap into the unlimited potential of this amazing life. And so, and I'm very passionate about self-love. And I mm-hmm. really believe that the relationship that we have with ourselves is the foundation for every other relationship that we go on to have with another. I and mean, how can we have a relationship with another unless we start with ourselves? Right? And that's what I'm very passionate about.
1: So can you talk to us about particularly, uh, I want to give our listeners your website. It's jamielerner.com, J-A-M-I-E hyphen L-E-R-N-E-R dot com. And this show, it will be on YouTube, on Google Play and and iTunes to, to be listened to at any time. Can you talk about what is an integrative session? You provide integrative sessions. Can you talk about the nuts and bolts for if a client goes to your website wants to have a session what can they expect
0: well in the first few minutes i think that i reframe or help them reframe their current situation the current situation is where they feel that they are in this moment and where they're stuck and so i kind of reframe it in such a way so it doesn't feel so heavy so they can okay. see it as um an opportunity
1: options there's and options I believe,
0: yes an option lots of options. And I believe every problem we have is an opportunity. So that's kind of where it starts. And then within the next few sessions, I help people with just some very basic tools that they can start using um, to assist themselves. Because ideally, I am helping people help themselves. And that's it. How can we navigate back to who we are? Mm -hmm. So finding your two yeah, and we laugh a lot. It's it's really funny. I mean, I'm laughing at myself all day long. The day okay. I laugh at myself, it's over. It's just over. <laughs> so, I mean, laughter is a wonderful way of coping with everything. And it feels so good. And it's a stress relief. And I think it's really a great way for us to all connect. I mean, you know, laughter is a universal language.
1: It's- it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I really encourage people to just, you know, lower the intensity, to, you know, to have some levity, to have some fun with it, to get, you know, cut themselves a break, to take a breath.
1: Um, yeah.
0: And, I mean, and people will know if they want to work with me or not. My website is very um, informative. You can feel and it also feels a certain way. It either feels good to people or it doesn't.
1: And Just I think like, that we yeah. should
0: really, you know, if something resonates with us, then we should go with it. And if it doesn't, we shouldn't.
1: It's you that know? simple sometimes, often.
0: It is that simple. And we tend to overcomplicate
1: many things unnecessarily. So do you so, do... Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jamie. And then I'll ask no, you. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Do you do uh, in-person, phone, Skype sessions? How is it that you work with clients?
0: Um, I do sessions with people over the phone, I do sessions with people skyping, and then I have a lovely texting option now, which yeah, we um, talked about that it's really, new, cool. Yeah. really
1: cool. Really <laughs> cool. It's a new
0: <laughs> it's a new service and I think sometimes people just need just a moment or two or three or four just to help them regain their balance. So um, this is, came about as a request from my uh, regular um, integrative therapy clients, and it works really well. And what people do is they buy blocks of time, and then they text me, you know, a question or an issue or whatever, and I text them back. And oftentimes, you know, within like a few texting moments, people are off and running, and they're feeling back in balance. So, That's so um, cool. It is cool. We're all so busy and in, in no one really needs an hour, I don't think. When my regular clients, they decide how much time they want and they schedule that amount of time with me. So people buy blocks of time. You can buy two hours. You can buy three hours. And you can use 10 minutes at a time because I believe that you know what you need. I don't know what you need. So if you know what you need and you can ask for what you need, I can assist you in assisting yourself. And it's really about helping people take personal responsibility, reassuring themselves that they can trust themselves, that they can know themselves, that they can ask for what they're needing from themselves, and then from other people who can help them.
1: Yeah, I really like this quickie texting time. So that's because often people do just need a boost, something happens. And it's like, Oh, my God, you know, blurt out a text, what do I do? So how does this exactly work? If somebody purchases say 30 minutes of, of texting time, what and they okay. shoot you a text, what can they expect? How how exactly does it work?
0: They you know, usually I'm I'm back to people pretty quickly and I text them back and then it's interesting because my texting back to them gives them a moment to pause and they usually end up reframing whatever yeah. their initial concern was. And then they text me back, and then they realize that they've solved the whole problem. So it's it's very disarming. It's very encouraging. People um, begin to look inward, and they understand that, yeah, they got this. And so
1: that's a great thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what it's all about.
1: Okay, yeah, and what you what you've done with this texting uh, option for for people is I think one of the beautiful things about the work we do is that we can serve as kind of like a touchstone for people. like like you said that they're they figure it out, I think to just even touch us in whatever way through a conversation, through a text, and just get that acknowledgement often just opens the channel for them to know what they need to do next. Right. So and it's just kind of like touching, you know, reaching out and touching you. And then, ah, like that soothing. I think it helps with self-soothing as well. It does.
0: I think it's, it really does. It really does. And at the end of the day, the message is trust yourself. Really yeah. trust yourself because who would know better for you than you? Exactly. Nobody, Nobody knows better no you
1: than you.
0: Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of self-empowerment in, um, you know, in the work that we all do is is helping professions, especially if we're walking our talk, especially if we're leading
1: by our living, lives.
0: example. Yes. Yeah.
1: So how can listeners purchase your book and reach you for sessions or for purchasing texting time with you? Well, um
0: my book is available on Amazon. You're welcome to go to the website. There's tons of free information on there, great resources, and it really takes people through the process. And um, I also have a, um, um, a kind of a AskJameyLarner.com archive, something that I was working on for several years that people wrote in questions about all kinds of things, whether it was sex or, you know, children or work or just all kinds of things and it's questions and answers. So there's a lot of ways to tap into me and actually never even pay for anything, <laughs> which is also well, really nice.
1: Your resource uh, I, page is amazing. You have extensive resources for people to, to get information and get help. Yes,
0: and there's, and, and so that they can begin to help themselves, which is really a great thing, which is really a great thing. So my last so question when, to
1: you, Go on, Jamie, yes. and then I'll ask you. No, you no, first, please. No, because
0: when you are feeling good and you're amongst other people, other people feel good, too. It's like contagious.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: it's it's a win-win for everybody.
1: And you might have asked, answered the question, I'm curious what it is you would like to leave. What it is you would like people to know from your work and from your life and from yourself to to leave with others.
0: I really believe that we are here to have a joyous, loving, expansive, amazing experience. And in doing so, that is possible for all of us to connect with ourselves, reconnect with ourselves, and then to connect unconditionally with all others. Yeah. And and I see myself as a living, breathing example of all that that is possible. Yeah, you us. are. It's available yes. to all of us. It, it doesn't matter, you know, what your socioeconomic, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. It doesn't matter. You know, you have, um, you know, 24-7 on call to you, you have assistance. And it, it's you, you know, you are your saving grace. How can you mm-hmm. tap into that and receive it?
1: Well, I just want to thank you for being with us today, Jamie, and talking about your work and the various tools that people can use now to help themselves shift from being stuck to, to seeing their options and embracing them.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure.
1: For me as well. I hope you have a great afternoon. You too. Have thank one. you. Bye. That concludes today's show. Tune in next week as I have back on the show, feng shui expert Tisha Morris. We are going to be talking about feng shui for the holidays, which I think will be a really fun episode, what you can do to bring in what it is you want for this holiday season. Goodbye. Listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir.